Welcome to Healthy Wealthy You, where we'll continue to explore all aspects of functional medicine and good health. We'll help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. Now, here is your host, Dr. Camille Vardy. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille. I've discussed before that one of the most important aspects of good health is that we have strong families and a strong sense of community. And it's so easy in these times to be overwhelmed by all the challenges of our lives, to feel as though challenges are so big that it's hard for us as individuals to make a difference in the world. So I'd like to share with you today some people with really big hearts who are making a big difference in my community, and I hope that their stories, their work, their service to the community will bring you some joy and inspiration today. I have with me several members of a nonprofit organization, the Sequoia Awards. For 33 years, they've given scholarships and grants to people and businesses in the community who have demonstrated a commitment to community service. In particular, they give scholarships to young people that are merit-based scholarships, but not based on grades or how many after-school clubs a student joins, but based on their volunteerism and service to the community, for the impact they're making, for their devotion to doing good. These young people go on to become leaders in their community, and I want to celebrate them today. Joining us today are several members of Sequoia Awards. Paula Uccelli, who co-founded the foundation with her late husband, Pete Uccelli. Pete loved to watch things grow, whether it was a tree, a business, or a charity. He loved building things and supporting things, and he was a big believer in the power of paying things forward. Paula has carried on this idea, and she has one of the biggest hearts of anyone I know. Her charitable work in our community has made a profound difference, and she is known and beloved by so many. Deborah Hall is a former board chair of Sequoia Awards and does so much to make all of this possible. She's an alumni of Stanford University and is a marketing, branding, and strategic planning consultant. She was Director of Marketing, Branding, and Promotion for the San Francisco Chronicle and was the Deputy Director of the City of San Jose, California Sports Authority. Private scholarships like Sequoia Awards made her college experience possible. And we have with us Jenny Stoller. She was an award recipient more than 25 years ago and now serves on their board. Jenny is a management analyst for the Redwood City Police Department. I'm excited to have her share her own story of how the scholarship influenced her and how community service has been an important part of her life. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell us a bit about your organization and its goals? This is Paula. You have really captured um, what what we stand for. When, when we started, um, my husband had been on several other scholarship um, uh, selection committees, and he came home one day, 
And I asked him how it went. And he said that he was very, very uh, saddened because he couldn't give scholarships to all the young people who really, really um, were doing wonderful work also in the community, but maybe their grades weren't as, as, um, as they should be to, to have, get a scholarship. So we started talking and he says, you know, we should really contact some people in the community and uh, what let's, we had a restaurant at the time. And so let's have a breakfast and let's brainstorm and see what we could do. And so, and that's what we did. And that's how the Sequoia Awards started. It started very small with a $500 scholarship. And to this day, we have given uh, 2.6 million. And when we, and there's about four people who were the originals still on the committee. And it is um, absolutely the most gratifying event and organization that I have been involved in, not because we started it, but because of the people who are involved. We have a board that's totally volunteer, and it is um, it warms my heart every time I go to a meeting or an event. You know, when we first started, of course, there wasn't social media and all of this, and now with the younger um with younger board members and, and people like Deborah who have, and Jenny who have the knowledge of social media, we have really, really grown more in, uh, in awareness to the community. Our goal was always to give young people uh, a hand up rather than a hand out. And since they already were involved in volunteerism, to encourage them when they can you know, when they were in a position to um, to help people on financially uh, to pay it forward. And and that's what people have done. And it's been so gratifying. And one of my personal goals uh, is to um, eventually in a few years have the total board be recipients of the Sequoia Awards. Uh, there's, there's not any board in the country that has former recipients, a, a total board. And some of us older folk uh, become ambassadors that we always will be out there, you know, helping and, and um, but as you get older, you want to, you, there's new fresh ideas that, that you want to bring forward to have the longevity in the organization. We never thought when we started in, in 1990 that we would be still here 33 years later. It's, it's been an amazing journey. And I'm, I'm so proud. I'm a marshmallow. So I get choked up. Okay, so I'm just so proud <laughs> of everything that's going on in our organization. It, it is, it absolutely blows me away the, the power of what you and and this group has created. You know, it, it is an all volunteer board, and so that's what we're proud of too. No one takes no one takes uh, any any money for it, and uh, we work together. When when someone we have different committees that have been formed, and when someone finishes their job on their committee, they check to see if they can help on another one. And it's it's uh, it's been um, it's been a wonderful wonderful experience. And I personally have met so many wonderful people over the years you know we have we have some uh, silent heroes in our community and when you start checking into uh, 
people who do volunteerism. And we added outstanding citizen and outstanding business, people who do volunteerism uncompensated. And it's been uh, just, we have met such wonderful people who have, who have uh, gone on to do wonderful things more in our community. So I, I'm, I'm just very proud of everything that has been done. And I, I can't say enough about the people who are involved. You know, obviously, we don't give scholarships to an outstanding business or an outstanding individual. Oh, but it's obviously, important yes. to, <laughs> obviously, but it's important for our organization to recognize them because the students see that volunteerism is something that you do your entire life. And um, in 2022, we had a particularly wonderful honoree for the outstanding individual, uh, a woman by the name of Gloria Kennett. She had turned 100 years old the year we honored her, and she was still volunteering. She started volunteering in like 1951 so, um, and, and was responsible for a, a $2 million uh, capital campaign to improve a local hospital, among many, many, many other volunteer accomplishments. And I think she was such an inspiration to all the students that year and really sort of remains the gold standard in our community of the kind of impact a single individual can have. And, and it was amazing this year because we had invited her to, um, I had invited her to be a guest at my table and my young man, my recipient um, uh, was sitting next to her. Here is a 17 year old boy talking to a hundred year old woman. And it was absolutely fascinating to watch the interaction. It was, it was inspiring. Every year we seem to find an outstanding student. I mean, it's really amazing to me how many phenomenal young people are out there. And I think it's so important to teach our children from a very young age to be helpful in their families and communities. You know, little children want to help. They want to feel that sense of belonging. And how do you think parents can encourage their children to be involved in the community. Most of these kids start volunteering at a very young age. Some, you know, have started at six, seven, eight, um, you know, in soup kitchens, cleaning up, doing things like that because their parents were volunteers. Um, you know, Jenny can probably speak to that as a former winner. Yes, definitely. Uh, my father influenced me uh, when I followed him every time he went to go deliver food for St. Vincent de Paul Society through St. Anthony's uh, dining, uh, dining room. So it was in those moments where, you know, you're just a, a kid observing what your parents are doing and it's, you don't even realize that it's influencing you in a certain way, but it definitely, uh, it definitely stayed with me that this is what we do is help each other out in times of need and, if you're doing better than others, then it's it's your place to go and do what you can to to help out in your community. I, I think volunteerism becomes a way of life. It's it it's a dedication. Um, it's it's a makes you feel good inside. Someone asked me one time, uh, "Why do you support this organization or that organization?" There are multitudes. There's so many wonderful organizations there. You find one that touches your heart and then, and then you help. And then when you meet wonderful people who are doing the same thing as you are in, in the community, then one thing leads to another. Out helping your neighbor mow the lawn, helping the little 
the, the, the senior across the street, you know, uh, with, with her groceries. And that's how kids start it, you know? So it, it, uh, it, it's so rewarding. It really is. Well, and I think Jenny touched on that, um, is that, you know, no matter where we are in life, there's, there's always someone we can give to. There's always someone, um, who, who might need more than us. You know, a lot of it is just a sense of gratitude for what we do have. And in the giving, in the sharing, we get so much in return. And even to sit down with a friend and just to listen. Sometimes that is the most important thing that you can do also. What I find so fascinating um, with the kids that I've met over the years is the kids with the least resources are the kids who are doing the most to turn around and put their hands out and help other people to lift themselves up. So our scholarship is not based on financial need, but I would say a sizable majority of our honorees are kids who would not have a college experience if it wasn't for these scholarships. And their volunteer experience really helps them grow, I think, to prepare for college and professional careers later. You know, uh, if they're volunteering at, at a rather large nonprofit, they see how meetings are run. They get training on how to run meetings. They move up through the ranks of the volunteers and they get management experience. And all of those things help them later in life. So there's just so many layers to the benefits of this program. And you really are building community leaders. And I think that's one of the things that's most inspiring about your organization. And speaking of community leaders, we had hoped to have the winner of the Outstanding Student Award for this year uh, join us on our show. Her name is Selena Azaneth Reyes Barrera. And unfortunately, today she had an emergency and was not able to join us. But I do want to share her story um, and the story of many other of the scholarship uh, recipients because their stories are so inspiring. Azaneth, uh, while she was in high school, attended the local community college as part of an intercollege program and actually did a full two-year associate's degree while she was still in high school. She held down four jobs because the breadwinner of her family was ill and could not work. And while doing all of that, she still managed to volunteer extensively for Second Harvest Food Bank and for St. Anthony Padua Dining Room. She worked with Sunday Friends Foundation, caring for children in her community while their parents learned English. And at her college, she's president of Active Minds, an all-volunteer, student-led mental health advocacy program. She says... I have been in a very difficult situation and I set myself out to ensure that I would do my part in making sure I was helping other families find not only a warm, nutritious meal, but hope. This country sure encourages competition, but I've learned that unity is one of the most important traits we can share in a community. It may sound cliche, 
because the phrase is often heard in campaigns and movies, but I truly appreciate and have made use of the opportunities that enable us to improve the lives of the people around us. Wow, very impressive, Azimuth. And I just know you are going to have an amazing life and do incredible things in the world. So thank you for all that you have done so far. And we certainly wish you the very best of luck. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to hear more stories about these remarkable young people um, and the Sequoia Awards. Uh, This is Healthy Wealthy You, and Dr. Camille will be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Our children deserve to be emotionally healthy as they grow through youth into adulthood. As adults, if we model these behaviors for our children and incorporate them into our own daily lives, imagine the synergy we can create. We have become accustomed to waiting for symptoms before we seek help, both emotionally and physically. It's time to change our way of thinking from reactive to proactive. Let's learn what we need to now so kids growing up have skills and strategies to use for life in this very challenging world. Tune into Taking the Helm with host Lynn McLaughlin to learn all you need to know. Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille. And we're talking today about building leadership skills in young people through community service and the work of a wonderful organization called Sequoia Awards. And I just want to share the stories of a number of other of their scholarship award recipients for this year. And we're also going to welcome Jenny Stoller, who won an award more than 25 years ago and serves on the board now. First, I want to tell you about Jackson Maroney. Jackson volunteers at an assisted living facility several times a week. 
spending time with people who have dementia. He provides company, helps with meal preparation, plans activities for them, and plays the piano. He gained new insights into helping people after an accident that left him disabled and unable to undertake many of the activities he had once enjoyed. He began volunteering at an exercise class dedicated to assisting disabled students. He went on to found a nonprofit called Changing Trauma to support victims of trauma who were disabled and in need of support for recovery and rehabilitation. He says, through volunteering in my nonprofit, I was able to gain back my sense of identity that had felt so lost for all this time. I learned that although I may not be able to do some of the same physical activities I could once do, I gained a love for teaching and hearing the stories of members in my community. There's also Katerina Povenik. At first, she didn't want to volunteer. She felt she wasn't outspoken or outgoing enough. But her first experience in community service opened up for her a sense of compassion, purpose, fulfillment, and confident leadership. She made cards for medical workers severely stressed during the pandemic. She worked at a senior center where friends were able to see each other after months of isolation. She played Frisbee with disabled children and organized a book drive. She says community service is a reciprocal relationship and what someone can get from it is at least as valuable as what they put into it. There's Cameron O'Connor. He undertook his first community project in the fifth grade. When he became an Eagle Scout, he created a project in coordination with the city's parks, recreation and community service. He did environmental cleanups at county parks and beaches. He worked to remove an acre of invasive non-native plants that were a fire hazard. He says, we didn't add to nature that day. We gave it space to grow more freely from human impacts. Whether I end up being a forester, a doctor, an environmental lawyer or a social worker, I plan to give back to my community during work and beyond. In 20 years, I hope you will still find me in a park working to conserve some beautiful ecosystem each weekend or afternoon off. There's Olivia Sam. She planted trees at her school and at a senior home where she regularly visits with residents. She created stacks of worksheets so that she could tutor students in math and English so that they could keep up during the pandemic. She also says she's going to be a future crazy cat lady because of all the time she spends at the SPCA. She says she began working there to fill the cat-shaped space in her heart. She loves spending rainy Wednesdays there when the only sounds in the room are the constant patter of the rain and a cat's rumbling purrs. The shelter has become not just a second home, but a haven in which she feels her heart expanding and her muscles relaxing every time she walks in. There's Maria Medina Sanchez who started out playing for her varsity basketball team, but began to volunteer in her freshman year as a coach for a local youth center. 
She also was a math teacher at Project Read. She also volunteered for her local key club, creating COVID health kits for students to take home, helping a cleanup project at a local park so that weeds would not have to be sprayed with toxic chemicals. She sent letters to veterans and coached kids in special games. Her work taught her accountability, teamwork, and good sportsmanship, and showed her how her strengths and abilities could help her community. There's Alexandria Lee. She taught English to a group of adolescents with autism spectrum disorder. She says, an outside observer might say these kids had a big problem with listening. What I've discovered though, is that the key to making a connection is becoming a better listener myself. She went on to work with an organization called Seven Cups. They train volunteers to listen and they provide emotional support to those in need. She says, today I offer an open ear and an open mind to anyone at home, school, or even across the world. My message is, if you need me, I'm here to listen. Here's Christine Nam. She worked with Greenpeace and helped to create a community garden and a compost bin at a local elementary school. She visited the garden twice a month to encourage the students to take care of the vegetables and to learn about composting. Soon the students were taking these practices home. She also helped organize over 12,000 people to advocate for the decrease in the usage of fossil fuel subsidies. In the Bay Area, she volunteered for an aviation museum, giving guided tours of the exhibits and teaching the basics of physical science. Another recipient is Ryan Consani. Ryan, while in high school, volunteered for an income tax assistance program where he prepared tax returns for local elderly low-income individuals. He also lent his marketing skills to nonprofit organizations, assisting with web design and ad campaigns. And he became director of fundraising in the finance leadership branch of his high school DECA club, which is an organization that aims to prepare emerging leaders and entrepreneurs for careers in marketing, finance, and management. And they operate all over the world. There's Arthava Abiyankar. He began working with the Young Men's Service League, which is a four-year mother-son volunteer organization that provides assistance and services to the underserved communities in the Bay Area. He was a candidate for Student of the Year with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society because he helped to fundraise $17,000 for blood cancer research. He says, I can confidently assert that I have changed as a person through my service to others. Using my gratitude to give back to others is truly a fulfilling experience. By interacting with individuals from all ethnicities, religions, cultures, and ages, I've gained a new understanding of the meaning of diversity as I continue to support others in meaningful ways. And we have Sierra Pestoni. 
She worked with the Girl Scouts, undertaking several projects, including providing food to the homeless. She's a member of the high school Greenies, who advocate for better earth-friendly behaviors and who clean up public spaces throughout the area. She's a leading member of the Sequoia Teen Wellness Center Youth Advisory Board, and she helps her peers in grappling with the emotional and mental challenges of COVID life and teen life. She says the cleanup work taught her a love of the area's wild places and has influenced her long-term career choices. Volunteering has taught me to immerse myself in the uncomfortable and make an impact. When I did this, I turned the focus away from myself. One of the greatest lessons I have learned is that everyone is struggling in their own way, and there's always someone that has it worse than you. I learned to appreciate the little things and see the value and goodness of the life I have. Volunteering allows me to listen and understand others' reality, and eventually I learn to love without a veil of judgment. Wow. Well, I wish I could share the stories of all of the recipients, but I hope that gave you a good flavor of what Sequoia Awards is all about. And today also, we welcome Jenny Stoller, who won an award more than 25 years ago and is now on the board. And I'm very excited to talk to her about how the award influenced her life. Welcome, Jenny. Jenny, you're now on the board of Sequoia, and you you did, as we said, receive the award 25 years ago, or more than 25 years ago. Um, can you tell us more about the difference it's made in your life? Sure. Um, this isn't a merit-based scholarship that's academic or... Um, it truly is only about uh, volunteerism. And I had a, a difficult time academically um, in the beginning of high school year because my, my dad uh, suddenly passed away in an accident. So I had some catching up to do. And so by the time I got to senior year, I, I was doing much better academically, but it really affected me with, with college and applying with college. Um, however, when you know, when you think about what this scholarship means, it's not just the, the financial assistance, but it's also um, the recognition that is really, really important. And it made a huge difference in my life because seeing my mom, um, you know, just at the recognition, just being so proud of me meant so much that that someone out there in a group of these very accomplished adults <laughs> were recognizing me in a way that I'm just a kid doing volunteer work. And to see them recognize me in such a way that uh, made my mom so proud just made a, a world of difference uh, in my life. And and not just at the dinner and the recognition, but um, when I applied to colleges and they saw that I was a, a Sequoia Awards recipient, they they said, well, if if you got the Sequoia Award, there must be something about you um, that we want to, you know, take a chance on. Even though academically we could see you struggled in ninth and tenth grade, but um, maybe there's something more to you, and it, that motivated me to, you know, prove them wrong. Hey, don't just look at my transcript. Uh, you know, the the Sequoia Awards 
recognition just it, it was meaningful in many ways and and the dinner recognition in, in front of my mom was was huge for me yeah our awards dinner we have probably have close to 300 people attend every year and I, I just think it is wonderful for these kids to get up on the stage in front of their friends and their families and have 300 people on their feet giving them a standing ovation uh, you just don't get better validation than that it is it's really heartwarming and inspiring and so deserved that that is that that chokes me up I have to say Deborah us too. <laughs> you know, it it's a unique scholarship in that volunteerism doesn't exactly get um, recognized as much on its own like this. It's it's very meaningful, and, and that's why I continue to serve on it because I know that there are kids out there who have a lot of strengths beyond academics and athletics, and you know, you're you're usual scholarship um, areas, but volunteering sometimes doesn't feel like you're doing anything different. It just, you know, you, you might've been influenced by your parents or um, in your church or just in your community or your school. Um, but there's something about volunteering that feels very natural Um but is also worthy of recognition because you don't even realize what an impact you make on other people's lives through volunteerism until someone points out um, that you have made a difference. So when we interview these kids and we ask, sometimes we ask, um, you know, name a, a time where you your volunteering has helped someone else and they really think about it and immediately think of an example where, you know, tutoring a child and then seeing the growth of that child academically after spending time with them or um, just so many different examples of how maybe you haven't taken the moment to think about what your volunteering um, has done for others. But this scholarship makes you stop and think about Oh, well, I guess this is something extraordinary and it's not just, you know, something to do, but it actually has um, some value. And um, I think that's, that's something that it's done for, for me. It, it gave me the confidence, first of all, to uh, have an organization believe in me. Like, like I said, uh, just this great group of adults, um, carrying me on and recognizing my work. It's, it's inspiring and it makes me want to do the same for others. Um, so, you know, even in my work at the, at the police department, um, I started working there because they needed help uh, with translation. You know, a lot of uh, people coming to the front counter at the police department uh, needed help uh, with Spanish translation. So I put my translating skills to work and thought, sure, that's some, some way I could, could help my community is, is get them connected to the services they need. Um, and it just sort of evolved into different um, jobs within the, the Redwood City Police Department. But there's always been sort of that um, wanting to be a part of my community. And I found a home at the police department where I can make that connection between community and the police officers who are uh, 
you know, essentially serving them. Um, so it, you don't even realize uh, whether it's on purpose or um, very, um, or very much on purpose, um, you know, your volunteering could absolutely affect you in other ways, such as, such as your career. Well, and you're such an example of how this organization and the work that you do carries through the years. Um, and I think, I think you touched on such an important point that when you work with young people, you're planting seeds and you just never know what those seeds will grow into. And it, that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, thank you. I, I could see it even um, when the students take off to college and they write those little notes to Dennis and give us updates. Um, you know, some of them continue to do volunteering in college. You know, it's just something that they, even though they're super busy with all their classes and they have other things going on, but it's really neat to see them continue uh, and get inspired through the award um, and, and that motivation that, that keeps you going. So it's kind of neat to, to continue our relationship with the students as much as we can after um, the award is presented to them and you know, check in with them every once in a while and you know, see how we can continue helping them in their lives, even though you know, they, they might um, have moved away from the area or something. But the folks that are volunteering on this board are really kind people who just want to see these kids succeed. And so we all kind of do our part to, to motivate them or to provide any sort of um, support we can give them beyond the scholarship. Beautiful. But I'm very inspired by you too. So thank you so much, Jenny. Oh, thank you. And I certainly appreciate all your work over these many years. Oh, well, thank you. We're going to take a break here. This is Dr. Camille and Healthy Wealthy You, and we'll be right back with more with this wonderful organization. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. 
Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Welcome back. This is Dr. Camille and Healthy Wealthy You. And we're talking today with a very inspiring organization, the Sequoia Awards. Now, much of my goal in in speaking with you today is I'd love to inspire others to move forward with their own ideas. I think your organization is, is such a model for what people can do. And, you know, as you said, all of your members do it on a volunteer basis. So almost all of the donations are going directly to the recipients. What recommendations would you have for someone who wants to get started with community service, whether it's volunteering or, or even maybe starting an organization themselves? I'd say for starting an organization, never underestimate the generosity of your community. People will give you time if you ask for it. They will give you money if you ask for it. They will support you if you ask for their support. And that's your foundation. Yes, it's the ask. You know, a lot of yes. people just don't volunteer just to volunteer. It's, it's, it's the ask. You know, can you yeah. help with this? Can you help with that? And regarding starting an organization, it's, it's, I, I, what we did, we brought together like minds in the community and, and we just brainstormed. And that's, this is how it evolved. You know, it wasn't that, you know, yes, my husband had this idea that he wanted to, to, to help young people, you know, and, and we probably would have done it individually, you know, anyway, but, but to, to bring everyone together and to have that excitement and drive to, to help these young people, it, it was amazing. It was amazing to see. In fact, even telling you about it right now, I mean, it was so long ago, I still get goosebumps when I talk about it. And you're hearing all the wonderful things these young people are doing, and you're sitting there, what was I doing when I was 17? You know, <laughs> really, I mean, it was ama- it's amazing. It's amazing. You can't help but, but a tear, you know, you can't help but get choked up. I'm sorry. I, I, like I said, I'm a marshmallow, so I, I get choked up very easily. So. We're, we're actually considering approaching Kleenex to sponsor next year's awards dinner because <laughs> everybody cries. We're even in the interview process, you know. We, <laughs> that's, you know that's very we, true. We, we need Kleenex because we just, we get emotional. We just it touches us to see what what these young people are doing, and exactly what Deborah said. It's it's the young people that have the least resources that are are the most giving. It seems okay. It, it you know of their time, they they, yeah. they don't have they don't have money to give, but they do have they do have time. And they have the love of people. And it's been instilled, I, I feel, by their parents. And it does begin at home. You know, you see a parent, a grandparent, they take you, you know, you go deliver food, like Jenny said. That, that's, how, that's how it starts. 
I think for us as volunteers on the board who have been on there a long time and, you know, we're all volunteers, so we do have to put in some, some work. And every year after we do the interviews, everyone just gets um, this re renewed energy after we hear the stories and uh, it motivates us to continue with the scholarship. I think that's why it's been around for so long because it's so worthy of our time as volunteers. There hasn't been a year I can think of where we thought, well, there's not really any kids out there that are doing good work. No, every single year, every single year, there are definitely uh, students worthy of this. Paul, and you mentioned the ask. And I think that that's, you know, for people who are starting out and thinking of, of starting a foundation, that might be a little hard. If, if we want to inspire someone to start something like this, what, what can you say to them if they feel if they feel hesitant, if they feel nervous, if they feel a little, you know, af- afraid to put themselves out there. So you you have to have that burning desire in you because then people see in you the drive that that the thing that you want to do, the thing that you want to 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 start. And and they'll help you do my my husband. He had a burning desire to help <clears throat> these young people who are doing wonderful things, but didn't have the grades to get uh, an academic scholarship. Okay. But they were doing such wonderful things in the community. He felt that they should be rewarded. And this was a burning desire for him. He says, we need to call this person and that person and this, get this person involved. So when we first started, we brought in, there was about 20 uh, community leaders and we just sat around and we talked. And, and my husband, he was the type of guy that when he felt that th- it, something was needed to be done, he would just convince you to do it. I mean, it, it, he was, he had that type of a personality. And so, and, and one of uh, the people that was at the meeting, he looked at, he goes, well, you know, Pete, if you feel that this is worthwhile, let's go for it. Let's try it. So then you have to go through, we had, we needed to, uh, you know, get a 501c3. There was an attorney that, that did the work for us to go through, to go through the state. And, and, you know, I mean, we had, he brought, we brought different people together that has this expertise that could, um, that could help us move forward. I mean, no one does something like this alone. You always have, you know, you, you talk to someone that someone says, I know someone else. And, and this is how it, it, be, it, it snowballs. Um, when we started, it, you know, really um, six gentlemen gave a hundred dollars each. It was a $500 <laughs> and then a hundred dollars that, that the, that the, that the recipient could give to the charity of their choice. Okay. And so that, and then we had, we decided to do the outstanding citizen, you know, and, and this would inspire young people to see that people, you know, even after <laughs> you're old and gray, you're still volunteering, you know, because it, it makes you happy. It gives you a sense of purpose. And, um, and that's how that started. Then about three years into the organization, we, um, we had a gentleman on our board, his name was Paul Shepard, and he has since passed away. And he was just 
just the most wonderful man. And he was with, um, he was an executive with Cargill Salt. And he says, you know, I have this idea. He goes, I go to all these different events. And he goes, there's, we all know, you know, big business. We all know corporations, um, you know, that are interested in helping young people and uh, to further their education. And, and why don't we just get a committee and brainstorm and start contacting the different people that we know? And the response was phenomenal. It was just an, an ask to a corporation that we knew the president or, you know, it, you know, just people in the community, people from the Chamber of Commerce. You know, I mean, we started you know, contacting and different organizations that all of us at 20 different people belong to that were, you know, that were like tentacles in the community that could uh, that could um, ask. We just asked. You know, would you be interested in, in, in sponsoring a scholarship for a young person to further their career? It's in volunteerism now. Oh, wow. That's, hey, uh, yes, I, yeah, I'd be happy to, you know, and maybe, you know, we'd have, we'd have different categories and whatever they could afford. And, you know, and now, you know, we, we kind of, we formed a com um, committee a few years ago called Friends of Pete for people who, you know, wanted to, participate, but you know, I mean, couldn't do a scholarship, but still wanted to, to make a donation to help further a young person's um, um, uh, education. And so then we just pull, pull that as we gather this money, we pull it together and we can give another scholarship. Maybe people will become inspired and, and want to donate and help young people further their, their uh, dreams. Our, our sponsorships our sponsorship range is actually kind of wonderful. I mean, we have big organizations like Oracle Corporation and the Chan Zuckerberg um, initiative. And then we have Lingso Garden Materials, which is just a very local association and the Redwood City Police Officers Association. So we have um, groups that are, in, or, that are our public servants who are giving back. Um, so we really have a broad range of supporters and even more inspiring, I think, is that recently we have had individuals come together to sponsor memorial scholarships, either for a family member or someone they've admired. So you have several just private individuals contributing to fund a specific scholarship uh, to memorialize someone else who exemplifies the values of the Sequoia Awards. So um, it really has touched all levels of our community and all levels of our community have come forward for us. That's fantastic. Is there uh, anything more you'd like to share? Where do you see your organization going next? My dream for the organization is um, I share the original board members' dreams of having a board comprised by past recipients and really driving this thing, people like Jenny and, and some other folks. Um, but also, you know, we're working on getting a LinkedIn uh, presence established. And I would like our organization to be a clearinghouse and a networking opportunity for organizations that need volunteers, for people who want to volunteer, for corporations that want to hire the kinds of students that we honor. So we really create this local community of like-minded folks who just can exponentially do more good. 
And how can listeners get in touch with you or make a donation or get involved with your organization? You can go to our website, which is sequoiaawards.org. You can donate online. You can contact us if you're interested in a sponsorship level donation. Um, Everything's on the website. We also have a social media presence, so you can find us on Facebook and on LinkedIn. All the links to our social media are on the website. So I would start there and just start clicking away to your heart's content. And Deborah has done a fantastic <laughs> job in putting this all together. It took many, many volunteer hours <laughs> to put this together. And she, I mean, kudos to her. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I, I'm a little uncomfortable being singled out because obviously no. I'm in awe of Paula and the founding board members. And we have so many, Andy Frisch, who, who organizes and administers the scholarships every year, puts in hundreds of hours. Our treasurer, Dennis McBride, is a CPA, one of the brightest financial minds you'll ever meet, and keeps us on track on budget it's so much work i mean we have so many keyboard that's that's for sure and and when deborah mentioned um i I do want to mention andy frisch who 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 um who puts who keeps in contact with he and, and and albert lee keep in contact with the with the former recipients but andy himself is an executive director of Kainos Home and Training Center for Developmentally Disabled Adults. So he has his hands full, but he still volunteers for this organization because, and he was one of, one of the founding members and because he feels that it, it is worthwhile. And even though it was 28 years ago, I still remember Andy's face as he greeted me <laughs> uh, right before the interviews, which is pretty special that now I get to work alongside him and, and doing the same thing, which is pretty, pretty neat. It, and it is special. And that's, and, and uh, that's why um, my, my personal goal is to have all the board, you know, the whole board being uh, former recipients, because Jenny is so inspiring to us. She, she is now, she is now our secretary and, and she does a wonderful, wonderful job at not just there, but just in the community itself. She's just a wonderful ambassador. Well, this has just been an amazing experience. You are all so full of positivity and doing such good work with such good young people. It's been absolutely a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Dr. Camille and Healthy Wealthy You. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Healthy Wealthy You. Have a question but weren't able to get on the show today? Join us next week and call in. Until then, hold that inspiration.